Welcome to the Got Academy podcast. Hi, everybody. Hello again, Lirza. How are you doing? Hey, Gil. I'm doing fine. How are you? Hey, welcome again to the Got Academy podcast. Longtime patron and friend, Lirza. Uh, how do you pronounce your last name? Lirza Elezai. Elezai. Yes. Okay. And you are a Potterhead. Yeah. And last time we had a conversation where you wanted to convince me that Dumbledore is actually fine and not a horrible person and a horrible magician. Mission accomplished. <laughs> so now we want to do it again. Now you have a different topic in mind. Yeah. So I just really enjoy talking about Harry Potter. It's such a comforting escape and I read the books all the time. And... Um, I, I really wanted to talk about the trio, like Harry, Hermione and Ron, mm -hmm. because as I was saying, uh, we grew up with them so much that we almost take them for granted. And there are so many, many, many reasons why we love Harry Potter that in a way I would love like to step back and just analyze the trio, trio okay. to, um, and see why are they so great, why do they work so well together, why do they work so well with the reader, and why... Because basically, in the end, it comes down to loving reading about the trio's adventures, in a way. I mean, there are so many ways to look at the story, but this is one of the ways. I agree. And uh, so I would love to just, just enjoy talking about them, but the more I, I thought about it, the more I had like some fun stuff, but also some very important stuff about what Harry Potter taught to whole generations. So right, I, okay, okay, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. So at first I, I, I wanted to explore with you like what makes them so relatable, each and one of them so relatable, separately. Because mm -hmm. everyone, I mean, we all feel a bit like Harry, a bit like Ron, a bit like Hermione from time to time, so yeah. yeah. I, then I wanted to explore with you what makes them so entertaining, because they're very fun to watch as well. And... Mm -hmm. Again, yeah. your favorite character, you told me, I think, is Harry Potter, right? It's Harry, yeah. It's Harry. And you? I didn't tell you. I think I know. Hermione is my Yeah, favorite. I knew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's just... Uh, reading her, I'm like, oh, man, she's the best. Yeah, she's this, amazing. This is, yeah. She's okay, extraordinary. Yeah. Extraordinary, yeah. And then I wanted to talk about what each of them taught us and what values they gave us. Mm. And then I realized that actually... All of them gave us the same value, but they taught us a different ways to, to, to deal with it and to fight for it and to transmit it. What is it? It is the, the three of them. They fought the good fight. They fought for the good. Yeah. They stood with the good. Yeah. They knew what the right thing to do was yeah. and they, they fought for it. They took a chance. They took a lot a, of chances. A lot of chances. But each of them yeah. had a different game to play. Very different. Even though they're a team, they actually have very different stories. Right. Attributes also. Very different attributes as well. And we are so focused on Harry, who has like one of the greatest lessons to teach us, of course, that we forget that actually Hermione has a very rough ride, but we don't focus on her. I mean, she raises her parents... Um, her parents' memory. It's very tough for her to go on this uh, mission with her, her two best friends, basically. And so each of them has a very different journey. So each of them teaches us how to fight the good fight in different ways, depending on our position. And I okay. think it's very interesting. Okay. Okay. So Harry, so let's start with Harry. So tell me what you think about. So like off the top of my head, 
Yeah. Harry, he had it easy, quote unquote, in the fact that he didn't have a he didn't have a choice. He had to fight. Yeah. He was just because he was he was there with a target on his back and his head and his eye and everywhere, just like yeah. the bad guy had to fight him. You can't. Okay, so at uh, book one, he could have joined Voldemort, but not really. Like the guy yeah. killed his parents. So in that way, it was kind of easy. Yeah, but, but what I would say Harry taught us, and that is very important, and Dumbledore like stresses this point in book six, because Harry discovers there's a prophecy made about him. So that makes mm-hmm. him a marked man. So there is nothing you can do about it in a way. And see, he's very stressed out. He's like, but I have to fight Voldemort. Like at some point, he's very sad because uh, he has to leave Ginny. And Ginny, he, he's like, Ginny can do whatever she wants. She can marry someone else. But me, it's only Voldemort at the end of the line. It's very, <laughs> it's destiny for him. But yeah. then Dumbledore tells him, you are setting too much store by the prophecy. And Harry is like, what, the, what are you talking about? I mean, you told me I have to fight Voldemort in the end. And he's like, you don't have to. And he teaches him the difference between being dragged in the arena to fight or walking in with your own, with your own feet, with your head held high yeah. and fighting it because it's your choice, even though there was a prophecy made about it. So I think what Harry teaches us is that even if you feel, feel like you have to do something, and even if that's it's more than a feeling, he teaches yeah. us the value of holding your head high yeah. and going in, in it with your own like, power and your own uh, will. With your own yeah. will. And that is a lesson for every day, actually, yeah. for a lot of things. Even if you are compelled to do something, you can do it in an active way and not yeah. be a victim, I guess. Not be a victim, yeah. yeah. Sometimes you can help it, not, not bashing any victims out there or people who feel not. like victims, of course. But, but, but we there's all a value. Have, yeah. We all have to go through things in life that we don't have a choice. So we can, um, without talking of victims, but we all have to do things. Yeah. And there is a difference between like, oh my God, I have to do this and actually yes. owning up to it and walking in the arena with your head held high. Yeah. yeah. And this is something that is very important for, yeah. for Harry's story. I mean, yeah. I actually, so we gave up the, the punchline like in the beginning. So it's that was the punchline <laughs> at the beginning? No. Sometimes it's good to give up the punchline yeah. at the beginning. Now the people will, uh, will, will keep we'll listening. Keep, hey, yeah. I want to I continue on that point. Yeah. So... Again, I'm thinking out loud. Harry, in some ways, because of his character, actually also doesn't have a choice but to step into the arena with his head held high because this is how, just how he's made up. Like, he can't... He's not... Uh, this is the kind of person that he is. Okay, so I have to fight. Okay, so I'll do it. He's just... Uh, doesn't really struggle with it. Maybe unlike other people maybe like us whatever who we have to make a conscious decision sometimes sure yeah yeah i see what you mean absolutely he's very he's brave in a very old-fashioned way he goes into the battlefield he's uh he's a bit reckless he's very uh reckless yeah yeah he's got ambition he has uh he stands up for for people he's an action person he's very he wants to be in action yeah. yeah but i think you see a real difference between the first time he really faces Voldemort, which is book four, when Voldemort comes back to life. This is an incredible scene. 
amazing scene and he's really dragged into the into the arena wow. he's he's in the graveyard wow. and he's like Voldemort is like uh, do you know how to duel you have to bow he refuses yeah. to bow Voldemort like forces him to bow yeah. and he he's he really suffers it like a like a real victim of a trauma that episode for Harry because then he has night he has nightmares about it yeah. he sees a friend dies it's horrible and it's very different from the second time last time he faces Voldemort which is book seven yeah he's like in front of him with his wand and he calls him Tom ah, and uh, I didn't yeah that. Okay, yeah that's nice so he he there's real growth in it I mean yeah. he he would always face Voldemort but the way he does it it's it it evolves a lot and it teaches you that you're gonna face him anyway so yeah. go yeah do it well in a way i don't know how to say it like do it yeah 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 no yeah. it's a very it's a very good way to put it and 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 do it it can be anything it can be work related the yeah. relationships with the people around you it can be uh, stuff things that happen in life that we have yeah. no control over just face it uh, face it well because even the bad things you can find uh, positive uh, things in them for growth yeah and you are the summary of everything that you did and that happened to you so every moment is uh defines you in a way mm. will you be the person who the person who was dragged or, or will you be the person who walked in the arena and uh right it, i mean really this book i feel i feel like it raised me and uh it's a very really? important value yeah it's a very important value to to get from something yeah to step up and uh, face things as they come yeah yeah okay exactly. that's very good okay so that's harry you have more about harry, harry about that so i wanted to talk but maybe we, we completely bypassed it i wanted to talk about like um like harry's character like why 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 is it my favorite okay, why is why? he so relatable and why is he so fun to watch also okay. and i wanted to go through all that for the three of them well harry it's really funny because when we start the story we don't even start with harry we start with the people around him and we start with Dumbledore, McGonagall, Hagrid, who put the baby in the Dursley's yeah. doorstep, and then with the Dursleys. So we yeah. see like the magical people who love him, and then this family who literally abuses him. And um, so it's 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 immediate that you side with Harry because he's an orphan. Yeah, he's being abused, and um, and also what happens to him is something that I think everyone would love for us to to happen to us. Yeah. is that you wake up and you discover you're a magician. And you're a very special one. It's like you're the <laughs> unique one, you know. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's really, it's like a fantasy for yeah. real. Yeah. yeah. For children, especially. Oh, my God. Yeah. Waking up and discovering you have this whole world. Uh, yeah. And yeah. Um, that makes him very relatable. And because um, you follow the story through him. And uh, he's also what I would love to, what I want to stress for the three of them is that all of them are underdogs in their own way. Like Harry is the ultimate underdog in a way. Because, uh, first of all, he was abused. He was an orphan. And also, he was a, I mean, he was a victim of this uh, evil magician. And everybody just looks at him like a weirdo. But he could choose to be like a star. But he didn't choose that. He chose to be, uh, to side uh, with the other yeah. underdogs. Yeah. And he chose to go against the bullies. Because yeah. uh, Draco Malfoy um, wanted to be his friend. And he could yeah. have said, wow, this this." handsome young boy from a rich magical family yeah. i want to be his friend but he yeah. recognized the bully so um yeah. he immediately sided with ron which is uh, which is very cool and that is how yeah. you be you are on harry's side and uh, yeah and, and also um, also uh, another thing about harry that you mentioned before 
is that he's uh, he's an action character so that's a very good protagonist mm. that doesn't uh, have is not too much in his head which no. would be like more telling instead of showing but he's just like doing stuff and you can understand and deduct what's going on with him through his actions so that's yeah, the uh, number of times he just takes his invisibility clothes and follows people around to hear conversations it's like come on because he really is really in, a, in the action. It's like he wants to know what's happening. Yeah. yeah. And he's really... So I, would, I will jump on why he's, he's fun to watch. Mm. It's exceptionally that. Because he's an action man. He's reckless. And even though he sides with the underdog and he's against the bully, Harry is a Gryffindor. So it's really fun to watch him like want glory... He loves, you know, he has fantasies of the whole school cheering him. Mm. And uh, he plays Quidditch and he's like the star. And also in the Triwizard Tournament, he was dragged into that arena. But he he like, in the beginning, he fantasizes about being the champion and winning. And uh, it's very entertaining to watch. And also like in book six, he, when he has the Half-Blood Prince's book, Mm -hmm. And all the right. credit he gets for, right. for work that is not his. That's not, right. I mean, that's not cool, man. And he just, <laughs> well, he wants cool. the attention. What? Because he's cheating. But <laughs> if you had a book like that, would you tell the, the, head, the headmaster or headmistress or the teacher? I, I might I in, an, in a very innocent way. Like, oh my God, this book mm. is giving me instructions that are just right. way better. Guys, look at this, you know. Right. But he's so, enjoying the attention yeah. so much. That's also <laughs> yeah. maybe the Slytherin in him. Like, yeah. hmm, he is already thinking, okay, I can use that. You're right. Maybe like, yeah. you'll be like, hey, what's this book? Everybody see, this is, yeah. Yeah, because okay. actually we, we're going to the point where Gryffindors and Slytherins are actually very similar. They have two important points that are different, but they're very similar in temperament. Hmm. And uh, yeah, so, um, so yeah, that makes him a lot of fun to watch. Like, it's, it's same thing about Dumbledore's army. Herm- it was Hermione's idea. But he like rolled with it. He was the leader. He was awesome in it. And he's like, he likes being at the center of attention. And that's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a very... Yeah, we need those kind of people too. Of course we do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I'm more of like uh, inherently a team player. I enjoy being part of a team more than yeah. I enjoy being by myself. Also in sports, like tennis. I used to play tennis, but it's just like you're in your head all the time. It's better to play team sports, uh, football or or yeah. basketball stuff. Also on the videos, doing videos by yourself or podcasts is not nearly as much fun as collaborating uh, of course. with yeah. someone. But now that you, you're saying that Harry, even though he plays in a team, it's true that his part is very solitary. Very he, solitary. he has to find a snitch. He's yeah. not playing as a team. Yeah. Yeah, not at all. No. Also, most of the time he's like making decisions uh, on the fly about yeah. this, this is the way we should go. I'm trying to remember if, uh, yeah, I guess maybe as the story progresses, it uh, changes a little bit. But uh, It does, yeah. but you know, for example, in book seven, they really um, have strategies for entering the ministry. They have a strategy for entering Gringotts Bank, and that's because they are working on it together. Mm. But when it comes to going to Hogwarts, Hermione is like, oh my God, we need to have a plan. We need to have a strategy. And Harry is like, no, 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 no. We go right now. And he, he's still that man of, uh, of action and of mm-hmm. just winging it. Yeah. Okay, so is this the reason that Harry Potter is your favorite? He, the fact that he's a man of action? Is that something that you look up to, that you identify with in yourself or that you want to have more? Is that the reason? No, no. The, first of all, I 
I really love him. I, I really feel he's a pure good guy. Even though he's a bit of a great character, he does some stupid stuff, no, no, no. He's a pure good guy. And I really admire how, after all he's been through, he chooses the right side. So this is one thing. I really admire the way he manages to, to hold his head high and walk into the arena. There's something I really have admiration for. And also, I admire his acceptance of death, which is something I, I struggle with. I've struggled with all my life. And I feel like he... It's amazing how the whole tale you can think is a sort of survival tale for him. But yeah. in the end, he just walks with his own feet in the forest to die. And he really thinks he's going to die. And, um, you know, because he knows he's the eighth Horcrux, so he's like, I have to die. And he goes and he does it. And, um, and he doesn't and know just, that he's going to come back. He doesn't no, know that. no. And I just feel, I just really feel for him. He's an orphan, abused. He goes to this... Okay. To, to this new world and uh, the whole tale it can feel sometimes as a survival tale for Harry and in the end he just walks into into Voldemort who is going to kill him and he accepts that fully and that makes him a real hero because uh, you know Lord of the Rings is a real hero is a real tale about power because Sauron is all about power is the ring of power who controls everything and Harry Potter is a real tale about immortality because Voldemort is obsessed with power but mostly about immortality and uh, and Harry is like the opposite of that he just accepts to die the same way as Frodo accepts that he does, doesn't want to have to do anything with the ring it's, it's, for me there's a real parallel between the two stories about that so I've never died before really? Uh, I... <laughs> okay okay but when uh, sometimes I imagine myself uh, dying in my last moments. I'm sure uh, a lot of people do the same. And I feel that like when you know that you're going to die, not in an abstract way, but when you know that you're actually going to die, I feel that it's easier to accept death because you're like, uh, okay, I had a good run, whatever. If you if did. Have, if you did have a good run. Or that sucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about you losers, but I had a good run. No, but anyway, you can just like look at the positive sides of, uh, of your life and say, okay, I did my best. Okay, let's say. And I feel that like when I know that I'm going to die, then it will be easier to accept it than right now mm. when I'm not ready, let's say. But if somebody tells me you have a month to live, I'll be like, uh, okay, so I have a month to live. Okay, let's see. I don't know. Let's see what's what. I can't do anything about it. I've had all kinds of things happen to me in my life that I could do nothing about. So it just like makes more s no, no sense to to keep uh, beating your head, beating yourself about it. It's like okay, so I'm this I'm six foot one, mm -hmm. whatever one eighty five. I would have wanted to be one ninety, mm -hmm. six foot three, whatever. The fact that I want to be six three one ninety will not help me wake up tomorrow and yeah. be taller. It just just like I can't do anything about it. Much in the same way that I can't yeah. not die. Yeah. But right now. But it's so, a bit like yeah, we're, what we were talking about before. Everybody has to go through that. Do you go in with your head held high, or 
are you being dragged into it? That's that's the thing. And I don't think yeah. everybody I don't think everybody's capable yeah. of going in with a head held high because it's very tough. Some people maybe naturally it comes easier to them. Uh, some people learn how to die, or maybe in other periods of our times, uh, people knew how to die better because was death was so much more part of life. Yeah. We are so separated from death, yeah. at least in the Western society. Yeah. We, um, yeah, and we have this illusion that it will never yeah. happen. We will be young because we're healthy. We live longer, and we have comfortable, mm -hmm. entertaining lives that uh yeah we just don't know how to die and uh but the, the thing the thing about harry is also yeah. is that he didn't have to die he could have run he didn't have to go and get killed by voldemort he could have absolutely escaped and uh and let other people deal with the shit but yeah. uh he walked into that and uh right right so that's not yeah he could have yeah. theoretically It yeah, go to whatever South America and whatever, be something, live like a like a regular. Mother yeah, or, or own a drug cartel because with his magical abilities. <laughs> I don't know. I know, right? Been an interesting story, <laughs> like uh, Narcos yeah. season seven. Yeah, I've been watching too much, too many TV shows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can we go to Ron? So, so, yeah, yeah, okay. Let's go to Ron and let's keep uh, Hermione for last. Yeah, because it's your favorite. Yeah. I love her so much too, though. I mean, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, tell me one thing about Ron. So, I, I watched a bunch of interviews and conversations, whatever, with J.K. Rowling, and she said that she asked the director of most of the movies. I don't remember his name. The, the screenwriter, no? Because I know what you're going to say. The, the screenwriter, I think. Ah, yeah. The screenwriter. Yeah. Okay. And she asked him. She, she tells a story that when she asked, asked him who his uh, favorite character was, she was afraid that he would say Ron yeah. because she thinks that Ron is so easy to like yeah. and he actually said Hermione. He says Hermione, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've okay. seen that interview. It's a very cool one. Yeah, yeah very cool one. Yeah. yeah, they seem that they have a good chemistry. Yeah, yeah, which is good. Yeah, very good. So Ron is his first friend in the magical world. world. I mean, after Hagrid, but his first peer friend. Yeah. And... Uh, And you see Ron immediately in the context of his family. That's also very awesome because you see his mom, his small sister, his two twin brothers who are very funny. And actually Harry interacts first with the twin brothers because they come and they help him with the luggage because they're very nice. Fred and George, we get caught up in the fact that they're very funny, but they're actually very nice people. And they, they gave Harry the map of Hogwarts. I mean, they, yeah. they really take care of Harry like a little brother. Yeah, they were always kind. They were always kind, never yeah. bullying him or something like that. Okay. Really on his side. And anyway, and then yeah. he, he starts to hang out with Ron and they become immediate friends because they're both underdogs in a way. Like Ron is fascinated by Harry because it's Harry Potter. But Harry is fascinated by Ron because he grew up in, yeah. a, in a wizarding family. Yeah. And Harry feels like a, like a real underdog because he knows nothing about magic. But Ron is like, yeah, but my family is poor and I'm the, I'm the sixth kid after five brothers. And uh, he feels like very insecure yeah. and very un yeah, unspecial. Yeah. While Harry feels maybe too special, but not up to the task. So they, they become like real friends mm. to, immediately. And... This is what I want to talk about is that the three of them are underdogs in their own way is that Ron is poor and extremely insecure. So that makes him also very easy to side. It's very easy to side with him. 
Yeah. And very How is he being heroic though? How do you think that Ron is being heroic? So, yeah. So Ron, what how we relate to him immediately is also because he shows us everything uh, everything that is magical. It's like this is wizard's chess. This is, yeah. you know, he shows us everything and he's very funny. And Ron is the one who has the most to lose. Because Ron, uh, I mean his whole family, if you think about it, they are pure bloods. And they didn't really have mm. to fight against the new regime because they are protected by their status of pure blood. They didn't have to. Mm. They made a very con um, conscious choice. I mean, I'm talking about yeah. the parents, first of all, to fight mm. for, the good, for the good fight. They could have just not fought and protect their family and nobody would have yeah. been mad at them because a lot of families in times of war just protect their families and it's very understandable. Yeah, yeah and it's very hard to, to, to think, what would you do? Yeah. Would you put your family at risk? Yeah. When you have seven kids... Uh. And, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And I, I don't know. And I hope we never know. Yeah. Cause yeah. I hope. That's a good point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But uh, so Ron is the one who has so much to lose. And when he, when he goes uh, on a mission to, to find and destroy the Horcruxes, he is the one who leaves so much behind. He leaves his whole family behind. And he leaves his right. school when he doesn't really have to. Because he, and Harry mm -hmm. says that at some point. He says, like, Harry, when, when Ron leaves them, he's like, yeah, he could go back to Hogwarts and be protected by his pure, pure blood status. And Ron, I think, is the one with the most important journey. Because Ron starts off feeling very unspecial, very insecure. We see him struggle with everything. He, he's like, you know, he has five brothers to compete with. And then he is Harry Potter's best friend. Yeah. So he's always in the shadow. Also, he's the boyfriend of the smartest girl of the entire class. Yeah. Hermione, Hermione is like, she's like, she has like superpowers. She's like watching Sherlock Holmes at work because she's so good. <laughs> you know, everything she does, it's like, what is she going to pull off now? And he feels like he's just this normal guy. And this is what we love about Ron too, because he represents normalcy. Because he is the normal guy, the normal wizard. Yeah. I mean, in the magical right. world, he has like nothing, nothing weird yeah, about him he's not that, yeah he's not that good no <laughs> also he's not that good or yeah. maybe he would have been better if he was less under pressure but yeah, yeah. and um so ron really struggles with all that and then when he goes on a mission he struggles so much that he ends up leaving them because he's like i hear the radio all day long uh he says this in the movie but uh the book is something like that What if, what if my other brother is, is, um, is injured? Like, Bill is already injured. Fred has lost an ear. What about Ginny? What about my parents? He's freaking mm -hmm. out. He's absolutely freaking yeah. out because he has so much to lose. Harry has n nothing to lose in a way. Nothing to lose, basically. Hermione has a lot less to lose because Hermione, of course, she has her parents, but she comes from the muggle world. And yeah. she actually managed to protect her parents quite easily in a way, in a way that Ron could never manage to protect his family. And she, uh, she decided... She's a mudblood also. She, and she's a mudblood, mud exactly. Yeah. So Ron did all that through his own will, actually. He could have done nothing of point. that. And mm. he, he leaves them, but then he regrets it immediately. And then he comes back. And when he comes back, he, he, she, she says it, JK, she says that he, he was taking like a lot more leadership roles. Because mm. Harry starts becoming obsessed with the Deathly Hallows. And Hermione is like trying to tell Harry, stop being obsessed with the Deathly Hallows. And Ron is like being a real leader for a while. And he's the one who grows into something more heroic. heroic. He, has to, he has to 
let go of his personal fears of everything he has to lose and be the hero. And when he comes back, he fights for the greater good in a way. When he they, when they go to the um, to Hogwarts, he worries about the house elves. He, all his life, he has made fun of Hermione because she wants to protect the house elves. And now he's like, "Oh my God, we are fighting at Hogwarts, but what about the house elves who are trapped downstairs?" Uh, he goes. Remember that. He goes beyond himself. He's like, for once, mm-hmm. he didn't. He doesn't see. Everything is not about him for once in his life, yeah. and he really becomes this hero. And I think for him is is a really important and tough journey because as you said harry is born with a target on his back hermione we'll talk about her later but uh, mm-hmm. hermione has less to lose and she's a mud blood but ron she he has to make choice after choice after choice struggle after struggle to get to the point where he destroys mm-hmm. a horcrux where he 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 sees his own brother die that is horrible fred dies Oh, and, that was one of the saddest uh, yeah. things in the entire book yeah. series. That was really sad. Yeah. I'm just so glad we don't get to see the story without him. Never, basically. We, just, we see him die, but, you know, we never see... We never see George live without him. And that's... Because, you know, the story ends. So... Mm. Yeah, it's very sad. It's very sad. And Ron still keeps on fighting, destroys the Horcrux till the end. And that's, I think... Mm. So Ron, what he teaches, if Harry taught us to go into the arena, because you don't have the choice, but keep your head held high, Ron taught us to go beyond your personal fears and personal risks to fight for the greater good. Because that, it seems like very romantic on paper, but when you think concretely about your own family, like you said, would you really do it? Well, Ron does it. And we see him struggle. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be this dramatic. We can all relate to it in a, like a daily basis. Let's say you're sitting in a group and, and, and people are, I don't know, for men, Yeah. let's say. Men can relate. Somebody says uh, something uh, misogynistic about uh, women. Or so, men can uh, relate, and yes. You're thinking, and, then, <laughs> and then you're like, am I going to be the guy that is going to say something yeah. and be a downer? Oh, come on. Yeah. We're just joking. Or am I going to be just laughing along with the guy? To protect my reputation, my whatever. Yeah, protect my reputation. Yeah. Let's, say it's, let's say it's like in the, it's not theoretical. Let's say it's like in the workplace. So you know that guys talking about like degrading women in the workplace it's going to affect the women in the workplace, whether they know it or not, yeah. whether they know it or not. So are you, you, you have stuff to lose and you have to make a choice every day. How are, yeah, every day. How, how am I going to act? Yeah. And, and also for women, yeah. women can, sorry, can uh, hear other people like men saying stuff that are like uh, beyond the, like uh, over the line. Am I going to stand up for myself or shut up because he's my boss? Yeah, be a bitch. Yeah. Be a bitch. Yeah, yeah. And Or stand up. And it's choices you have to make every day because it's not one choice that you make once and then you keep going like that. It's it's every time it happens to you, it's a choice you make. And Ron actually does become sort of a bully at some point because he's so insecure Mm. that, I don't know if you remember, first of all, he's a bully to Hermione at some point. Like in book uh, six... When he goes out with Lavender Brown and they don't talk to each other for like months, it, there's a scene where he's... Book four, in the, in the, in the, the ball? No, book six, uh, when... Uh, yeah, also in the ball, though. 
Yeah, he, he was very horrible mean. to Hermione. Yeah. You're fraternizing with the enemy. You're yeah. trying to help him win the tournament. And yeah. she's like, I want Harry to win the tournament. Are you crazy? Yeah, yeah Harry doesn't think that she wants. Yeah, Harry doesn't care. He's just like, yeah, he's just like too sensitive uh, because he wants to yeah. go out with her. So. But then and he's a child. in book six, yeah. they are fighting Ron and Hermione. Mm. And he goes yeah. out with Lavender Brown. And they're, they're just not talking to each other. And then there's a scene where, you know, Hermione is always like wanting to answer questions in class. And Ron does such a good imitation of her like rocking in the chair that Hermione starts to cry because <laughs> it's oh, horrible. Yeah. And she goes out of the class, leaving everything behind. Oh, yeah. yeah. And and Ron and Harry, Harry yells at him. Harry's Harry. That's he's really cool because he stands up for against the bullies, even if it's his friend. He's like, why did you have to imitate her? And uh, yeah. And he be, and then there's another scene where Ron is so insecure and stressed out about apparition tests. And then he's very, very insecure. And then he bullies Moaning, Moaning Myr- Myrtle, you know, the ghost. He yeah. starts bullying her. And then he feels better about himself. <laughs> <laughs> I, guess, I guess that's why people, bu- that's why people bully yeah. other people. Yeah, yeah. And, and Harry is very pissed at him and through, through this whole period. But you, she's, yeah. Yeah, she's not even a person. I don't know. Bullying ghosts. I don't know. But you know what I like is that uh, J.K. <laughs> says it. She says that bullying uh, Moaning Mortal seemed, seemed to have put like fresh energy in Ron. Just the fact that he was able to, to find someone who is like weaker than him. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And yeah, that's a known psychological and sociological uh, yeah. phenomenon. That people, feel, people feel better when there's somebody underneath them. Yeah. yeah. But he overcomes that. And that's very awesome with him. Because he, he struggles and struggles and struggles. But in the end, he's the hero. I mean, he's, uh, he fights mm. for the greater good. Okay, so now, now I'm curious how is Hermione being heroic? Like, uh, okay, so she's, uh, she's super smart. She's super, like, moral. She has uh, all yeah. these values that she thinks. And, and okay, she's... I may, I may be stepping on your shit there, but <laughs> she like with the uh, house elves, she annoys the shit out of every single yeah. person there and doesn't relent and doesn't stop no. because this is what's right. And she's very logical about it. She's like, why do we think that this is right? There's no way to like th- what you guys are saying is just like like hollow excuses because you're comfortable and you don't want to change and she pays a social price for for going all in yeah in that regard yeah (laughs) because she's so annoying she's like dangling the badges in front of everyone (laughs) so so yesterday was uh, like uh okay my my actual uh, uh, my daughter's actual birthday is in in a month but yesterday uh, when's her birthday like the celebration December 23rd. <gasps> I'm December 27th. <gasps> I'm January 27th. Boom. Are you a Capricorn or is she a Capricorn? No, she a Capricorn. Yeah. And she's really a Capricorn. Yeah. She's like really a Capricorn. Yeah, she seems cool. Yeah. So <laughs> actually she was born, and I'm digressing. I don't yeah. know if I'll keep it that in, but she was born like week f- uh, 42nd and 1. So like 10th. 10th month and a bit and change so and i was like i want her to be uh how do you call it the sagittarius 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 i was like be a sagittarius that's so cool like (laughs) no she's a capricorn yep but now you know 
now I don't want it to change. So yesterday was like whatever a celebration, like a, a birthday celebration with other classmates. And one of my nephews, so we had like uh, hot dogs and then vegan hot dogs. Yeah. So one of my nephews wanted to get the vegan hot dog, uh, the, the regular hot yeah. dog. And I was like, no, get the vegan hot dog. And his mom is like, yeah, Gil really likes to persuade people to do things that he believes in. And I was like, uh, yeah. You can put it that way. Yeah, that's true. I want people to be vegan. Yeah, that's true. Or you can put that's it true. in a way that I fight for a, a one value. And maybe he'll learn something from it. Yeah, that's also true. Even if he doesn't become yeah. vegan, he can learn something from it. He can learn the value of protecting animals, even without maybe becoming a vegan, or the value of fighting for yeah. other things that can defend themselves. Keep going, Gil. Right. Yes. Yeah. And also just like speaking your mind about, about shit. Yeah. Why not speak your mind yeah, about shit? Yeah, why shut up? Absolutely. If you're not being annoying about it. I mean, there's always this fine line yeah. about putting people on the spot. You don't want to put people on the spot. I don't want to put yeah. people on the spot. But I understand when other people, it doesn't, it's, it's not only vegan, it can be everything. Yeah. Feminist, climate uh, activist. There is value also in putting people on the spot and making them feel uncomfortable in their decisions. That's uh, why should people can, uh, feel comfortable uh, about the decision with, their, with wrong decisions. I absolutely agree. Destro well, destroying the climate. So I, I, I'm going to pay the price. This is all wrong. I shouldn't be up here. I should be back in school on the other side of the ocean. Yet you all come to us young people for hope. How dare you? You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. And yet I'm one of the lucky ones. People are suffering. People are dying. Entire ecosystems are collapsing. We are in the beginning of a mass extinction, and all you can talk about is money and fairy tales of eternal economic growth. How dare you? Yeah, I take back what I said. All, all I want to say is I want to say things in a way that I'm getting through to people. That's it. Yeah. I don't want to just make them feel bad. I want to make sure they get something from the discussion. Just that. So I take back. Yeah, no, no. I don't think you have to take back. I think that like it's it's a matter of, of character. Yeah. If, if someone has the kind of character that he or she doesn't mind stepping up to people and, uh, and, and, and speaking his or her mind, even if it's very annoying and it seems counterproductive, like live there... That's also part of the process. Like yeah. people had to say to other people, like owning slaves is bad. I yeah. think you're doing a bad thing. They have we to also hear need it those once, people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we need everybody. We need the people who 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 speak uh, speak their mind in a harsh way, and we need people who speak their mind in a I don't know nicer way. We need everybody to 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 get any kind of change in any kind of field. Yeah. So I don't mind people. I don't know, people, are, because we were focusing on activists. Uh, but, you know, also people are saying, and this is, okay, so going into the the, um, the society for uh, house elves. Elfish welfare. Spew, spew, spew. Spew. Society for spew. the protection of elfish welfare, something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a horrible name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's always this thing that people say to activists, no matter what they're being active about, about 
why can't you be more nice if you only said it in a different way if you like feminists well no you're making me you're alienating me from uh, from uh, from your cause if you only said it differently then i would be able to relate yeah. vegans here that's that blaming all the, time. the victim in a way <laughs> blaming the victim yeah. and i so when people tell uh, like uh, say that to me I said okay so you know how you want it to be said Yes. Okay. So say it in to your yourself head. in your head, <laughs> yeah. and now you're convinced, yeah. and uh, you're I whatever pro peace, feminist, vegan, whatever. Now it's just like an excuse. An excuse. People need excuses. Yeah. I totally agree. To not do yeah. what they most likely want to do, because people yeah. want to live in a world that doesn't have uh, like storms and colds and and uh, and and heat waves and stuff like that. They just need to get used to do to go about their lives differently, and I admire Hermione for being willing to pay—not even willing to pay the price. In that case, in that, in that regard, she's like uh, Harry. Maybe is it because that she's a mudblood, that she's like the victim? So you're bringing the, me to my point. Of the thought. You're bringing okay, me to my ahead. point. Is that go ahead. what what the value she teaches us? And um, I think it's really subtle and it's really important. One is that she grows into the mud blood that she is because mm-hmm. it's very hard to to accept that you are the victim or that you are the underdog or that you are the marginalized and Hermione is she's this awesome awesome girl she's so smart she's hardworking yeah. she's so talented she's like amazing yeah. and um, I think that there's real growth from her activism to actually accepting that she has the one people have to fight for because mm. at first mm. You know, first book, we don't even know what uh, we don't even know all yeah. this bullshit about the the yeah. status of blood. We yeah. learn it through Ron because Ron yeah. tells us the story in book two, and then we discover yeah. the whole thing. And yeah. Hermione, like Malfoy, tells her, "You freaking little mud blood," and she doesn't even know what that means because she comes yeah. from a Muggle family. So we explain yeah. it to her, and then. And I can really relate to this because as a woman, it took me a while to understand the real sexist issues in the world. Because I grew mm. up in a, in a safe family. I have two sisters. I don't have brothers, first of all. Okay. I grew up in a safe family where I didn't have to go through, through a lot of sexism. First of all, I don't have brothers, so I couldn't compare to, to boys. Yeah, you didn't have like, a, like a, your dad didn't say to you, you can't go out, but your brother can Yeah, go I didn't out, have like that it. because I only have sisters. Yeah. So okay. I didn't have any flagrant sexism at home. Uh, then my parents always had ambitions for me and my sisters. They were like, you go okay. study, you do, you can do whatever you, you want, no, no, no. So for a while, like at the beginning of my 20s, I really thought there was not, no more real sexism in the world. Didn't really think about it. And then I had to go, and then I started noticing it myself, like even with my friends, my boyfriends, like, um, like not boyfriends, but my friends who are boys, like we would talk oh. about stuff. And, um, and I, I remember even when we would talk about politics, when I would speak, I started mm-hmm. noticing they were just listening to be polite, but they would never really consider my opinion the way they would consider each other's opinion. And I started like picking up on small things like that. Until I, like, without going too much into it. And at first it was really hard for me to accept that I was being, mm. in a way, bullied and I was, I was being the victim as a woman. Mm. It, I was really ashamed of saying that. And it took me, like, it was like a journey for me to understand that there are injustices in this world done against my gender, against me personally. Because it's really hard, it's, it's shameful in a way to accept that you're being the victim. 
So victim or whatever word people want to use. Yeah, yeah. And um, and this is, I think, what we and it, it has been like a real journey for me until I uh, and I, it's still going on, meaning that I'm still learning how to be a good feminist. Like when I say good feminist, like meaning that. I really fight for the cause the way that suits me and the way that I feel is useful and good for me, yeah. I mean. And yeah. um, and I feel like with Hermione, this is what happens, is that she knows theoretically that there's this blood status problem in the society. But then she advocates for other, other um, defenseless yeah. creatures, which are the house elves. And then all the way, she fights all the time, but mostly because she's Harry's friend. She's like... I'm with you, Harry, because she's so good and everything she does. Hermione is not a person of action. Hermione was almost a Ravenclaw because she says it in book five. She says the the hat almost put me in Ravenclaw, but she finally put it finally put me in Gryffindor. So at first she's she's more like Harry, we're with you. She's just valuing friendship, and then the more the more the story advances and it takes up to book seven for her to 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 say it out loud and she says it to uh, Griffuk, the the goblin. She says it. You're saying that your race is suffering from this uh, from this war, but I'm suffering too. I'm a mudblood. I'm the one Bellatrix Lestrange chose to torture at Malfoy Manor, and it's the first time she says it. And Ron is like, "Don't say you're a mudblood." She says, "She says I'm a mudblood, and I'm proud of it." And it's like it takes her up to book seven to make this fight her own, and I think this is the value that Hermione teaches us: is the is being having the courage to accept that this fight is also your own and you're not doing it as an activist or as a or as a hero because yeah. you fight or theoretical for, uh, yeah desire yeah, no, to, to to fight for the greater good yeah. uh, you're doing yeah, it because you're the victim so to so the three of them are heroes who fight for the greater good and take real risks but harry so teaches us that he doesn't have a choice but he goes with his own feet and head held high. Ron teaches us that sometimes, I mean, I mean that a real hero takes personal great risks and overcomes personal great fears to fight for the greater good. And that is a very hard journey. And Hermione mm-hmm. teaches us recognizing, recognizing one's own place as a victim in an oppressive society. And making one good fight, one owns fight. That's the whole, her whole journey. And I think that's, I think they're like three versions of a hero. Three, three journeys of a hero. That is very interesting. Yeah, it's so interesting. They're there because they, I don't, I don't know. You just said it so beautifully. I don't, (laughs) I don't want, I don't want to mess it up. This could be a good ending. Uh, But so another thing that is not so heroic that I just like liked about uh, Hermione, Hermione, she's uh, a little bit uh, anxious. She's kind of an anxious person. Yeah. She's not perfect. That's why I love her. She's not perfect. Yeah. yeah. And that's like so sweet the way that she's yeah. anxious about uh, stuff. And you can see her vulnerability. It just like, shows so much. Yeah. Even when she's so smart and successful and that's just like so endearing like some parts i read aloud i read to my daughter or when i read it by myself and i was like oh this is just like you can see her really panicking sometimes in the face of danger sometimes it's really cold and she can really calculate and do amazing pull something off that is amazing like sherlock holmes in a way but sometimes she she absolutely panics and it's harry who has to take over wrong 
Yeah, this is also, also panics because of uh, stuff that is not that important, school and yeah. stuff like that. Right? Yeah. She's like panic. Yeah. yeah. And also... So uh, she's definitely not perfect. No, and in the, that's what I don't like about the movies is that she's a lot more perfect in the movies. She's like, wow, amazing. And also she's very beautiful, the actress. Very beautiful. Well, that's the problem. Yeah. Well, the yeah. role in the book, and she's never described as beautiful. Or the opposite. Yeah, she's like a plain girl. And um, that's what's and, awesome. So I don't know if you saw that interview with uh, <laughs> J.K. Rowling. Maybe it's the same interview. I don't know. She said that the only reason that... Uh, what's the name yeah, of the actress? It's the same interview. Uh, Emma Watson. Yeah. <laughs> Emma Watson, who is uh, also awesome. Yeah. Let's put it out there. She's awesome. Yeah. Uh, also, now she was being ridiculed for for talking about uh, self uh, coupling. Is that how she called uh, she called it? Just like this, like, gave a name, uh, whatever. Oh, because she said she was of, happy alone for, and it took her yeah. a while. Yeah. And people were like uh, giving her shit. I'm like, no, she's, it's not her. This is a social phenomenon yeah. that she's speaking of. And just like, uh, chill the fuck out. Yeah, 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 whatever. Uh, and, I, and I could relate also. So, <laughs> uh, so she said in that interview, right, that the only reason that they cast Emma Watson is because she, t- she spoke to her over the phone before she yeah. saw her. And she was like, oh, she's perfect in her mind. And then she said, oh, my God, she's so she's beautiful. That's a looking. problem. Yeah. But uh, yeah. maybe they hoped that she would grow out of it, but no. She just I think <laughs> she they hoped she would be even more beautiful. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> she's yeah. more beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's a... Okay, that was a very, very good conversation. You like it, a, yeah? I really, I really, really, really liked it. Really, I felt there was a very human, very human touch. Very nice. Very nice. I'm very impressed. We could go on for hours, but I think we have to put a limit at this stuff. I, I had some yeah, other yeah. things wrote, written down, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's really good this way. Yeah, let's not add too let's much. Let's not add uh, too much, yeah. And then ruin it. But uh, we have to do it, uh, but, but we have to do some more Harry Potter stuff. I With great pleasure, honestly. I'm really happy to be able to talk about this stuff, actually. Because I told you, I've read it so much, so much all over again that I just mm. love having conversations about it. Yeah, yeah now you have someone who's just as interested as you having yeah. this conversation it's like, this has been missing my whole life <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. is how this is why i started this channel to begin with with uh, itamar and uh, his brother yeah. who was uh, the the editor because uh, i can talk about history politics and game of thrones with someone for hours yeah. now i have a have an excuse because i always i have this problem i always find people who are fans but they don't have the same, um, they don't want to talk about the same things. They're fans in a different way. So we can't mm. talk. It's like, oh my God, you love Harry Potter. Oh my God, me too. And then they start talking about other stuff. Like, I don't know, <laughs> like merchandise or the theme uh, park or, you know, it's yeah, just not the yeah, same yeah. thing. Yeah. So, so let's uh, wrap it up now so we can uh, end on a high note. Virza, that was awesome. That was really, really fun. That was awesome for me and too. And uh, we'll think uh, about uh, our next uh, collaboration on the matter, or also about maybe about something else. Absolutely. Let's, uh, let's keep all the options uh, okay. open. Okay. Cool. So, Absolutely. so thank you everybody for tuning in, and uh, we'll uh, see you all next time. Bye everybody. See you next time. Bye.